Time once again for the NHSportsPage.com weekly podcast. This week is brought to us by Great Bay Community College, locations in Portsmouth and in Rochester. And Alex Burt, uh, he is on the recruiting trail. I think there's five Alex Burts, Dave Haley, because I see him at every single uh, high school game uh, around the area. So uh, the, the basketball teams are coming back at Great Bay and a great place to go to school. I told I, – I said this when he got hired, that he was an absolute perfect hire. He's been all over the place. I'm going to uh... – Dover at Winnicott at uh, Friday night, and there's probably 0% chance I don't see Alex Burton and smiling, handsome face walking in that gym. So he's doing uh, exactly what he was hired to do at Great Bay. And um, we're going to be handing out the Great Bay Community College Athlete of the Month uh, sometime this week. And uh, Alex is going to be uh, posing with the winner. This one's w- winner, so uh, um, we're excited. And obviously our partnership with Great Bay Community College, which has been a tremendous partnership, the only complaint I have, about uh, Great Bay Community College that I hit a hole-in-one at their golf tournament and won a $25 massage that, by the way, I do not want to use and will never use for that. Instead of the prize a year earlier was my friend Mike Fisher. Our friend Mike Fisher from Great Bay told me was $10,000. But really, when you can get a coupon for a $25 massage, I mean, really, what's $10,000? You can't put a price on a good massage, Dave. So let's say we... No. <laughs> well, $25. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right. He, so... he told me that at the golf tournament. Our friend Mike Lynch said immediately one of my friends sitting next to me said, why would you tell him that? Yeah, that's like my immediate reaction. Why would you... Don't even... I'd rather not know. Knock it off. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure I'll just hit another hole-in-one this year. No problem. Yeah, that, that happens all the time, right? Sure. Of course it does. All right, let's uh, let, let's get into it. Three up and three down. Uh, you uh, can uh, lead off, uh, Dave Haley. Who you got? The Londonderry Lancers are my first team up, and uh, my buddy Nate Stan. I know we're a little biased because he's uh, one of my good friends. But listen, a lot of these guys are. He's doing a tremendous job over there, and that is a young team led by a very good senior in Ethan May, who's scoring sixteen point two points per game, um, and they are against a pretty good schedule early on. Taking up some really good wins. Uh, Jackson Cox is a good little guard for those guys. Cole, uh, Cole Keegan, who's a very good football player as well, has been really good at the forward spot. But they got Dean Haggett and uh, James Buttafuco. They got a couple of young kids that are kind of earlier than expected stepping up and, and playing really well. And as I wrote last week in the Thursday column before they played Bedford, you know, somebody was coming out of that game and you were going, wow, they're 5 and 2 in Londonderry. Uh, it's a five and two right now, and currently, you know, it's going to things are going to kind of work itself out in the next month or so. But I mean, as of right now, um, they're the seventh ranked team in, in Division One, and uh, and tied with a couple other teams for that spot. Yeah, Friday that'll be a, a pretty fun matchup when they uh, they host Nashua South. Seeing how they come out of that, uh, South has uh, kind of rattled off a couple uh, three straight wins here, I think. So that'll be a, a pretty decent test for them. See see how South is and see. If Londonary can keep it rolling, just two losses, uh, one to Keene, one to Spalding. So, yeah, yeah, Nate, uh, Nate, Nate did a great job. And the loss to Keene on the road, obviously Keene's a good team, um, but they didn't have Ethan May in that game. So, um, you know, since they've gotten Ethan May back, um, they've played even better. And uh, he gives them kind of a crunch time score. And uh, like I said, Nate's doing a really, really good job. So Londonary is one of those teams kind of keeping the back of your mind going forward. Um they're going to be a team, uh, unless Nashua North decides to three-peat with all their young talent, um, you know, at London Dare is going to be a team in the mix in the next couple of years, both in football and in basketball. All right, so there you go. So my first team up, and uh, I, surprisingly, I've waited until this long to bust them up, but here we go, Dave. The Spalding Red Raiders! Why did I know? Six and two, three wins in a row, and they're... they're yeah. 
You know, they, uh, you know, they hammered Pickerton. There are three straight wins they've had. Hammered Pickerton, uh, beat Portsmouth for the first time since the George W. Bush administration, and then uh, just kind of laid it on uh, our buddy Matt Regan last night, Bishop Curtin. Uh, and th- there are only two losses, Dave. Salem, a game they really should have won opening night, and uh, to Exeter a game they were in in the fourth quarter. So Tim, uh, President Cronin has uh, Ari and the uh, Ari and the uh, the six foot and under kids playing pretty well. Yeah, I thought you were going to come up with a nickname for those guys. I was waiting for some sort of a nickname that I'm sure would have been politically incorrect. But yeah, they're uh, they're, 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 they're they were going to be really good. I had them, you know. I think what I have them like fourth or something, like, you know, up there. They they've been very good. They defend really well. The thing that they're doing too is they're taking care of business um, at home. Uh, they're beating teams pretty easily. I didn't think they were going to beat PG that easily last night. No, me either. Coming off. Uh, yeah, a big win over Pinkerton. You said that game was close, and then you just sort of rolled them in the third quarter. They didn't miss a shot in the third quarter. 14 for 14 in the third quarter. It was crazy. Sounds good. I was at the water cooler this morning trying to make friends, and I don't know much about sports, but I mentioned <laughs> that, and people seem to make eye contact and, 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 and react in a way that makes it sound like it was good. Um, yeah, no, they are uh, they got an interesting game Friday night. They go at Keene. They're going on the road, on the bus. So tell Ari to get all of his Toy Story movies in a row onto his uh, his tablet so he can watch them all on the way there and the way back. Toy Story but, uh, 2 is the best one, by the way. That's just so we're, yeah, we're clear. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, that was pretty good. Toy Story 3 is pretty good. Um, and you can never beat the original. But, um, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I've i been impressed with Spalding, and I'm very high on them as well. Um, shout out to our friend uh, Keegan Claro, who uh, lost his grandfather this week. I, I reached out to yes. Keegan and uh, just our thoughts and He's obviously one of our guys, uh, Keegan, and uh, so just uh, just our thoughts are with him and his his father, Kike, his, his mother, Becky, and, and everyone over uh, at the Claro family. Yeah, absolutely. Saw saw uh, Keegan last night, and uh, you know, asked him how he's doing. He said he's doing all right. So that's uh, you know, it's uh, stuff like that happens. But uh, he's got a good support system in place. So that's uh, and, and and with his he's teammates as well. Yeah. So he's yeah, one of these kids too. I, I hope, I, along with Governor Cal Conley, I want these kids <laughs> to just kind of grow up quickly and then just run for office. So to, like cleaning things up. We, we, you know, we should we we should come up with our our, our government uh, of players we've uh, we've covered. So we have Governor Cal Conley, Senator Donovan Fenor, and uh, uh, we got we got to fill out the whole. Joe Simpson, uh, yep. President Carmen Jean Petruzzi. Yeah, <laughs> we got a whole list of these guys. Yeah, we gotta have, fill a whole cabinet with them. So uh, here's here's Spalding's upcoming schedule. Uh, the next few games are tough for them uh, at Keene, and always tough to win at Keene. At Dover, yep. which always turns into a except for that one oh, year that great game. except for the one year Cal just ripped their heart out. It's always a it seems like it's a two possession game, and then home for Bedford, a team they've had uh, problems with the last couple of years. So uh, it's, it's it's not an easy stretch coming up for Spalding. D one's fun, man. Yeah, I mean there's. There's really a lot of very good games in, in D1. Uh, nice one last night, by the way. Goffstown beating Wyndham in overtime. It was a great win. Ryan Cowett uh, doing a really good job in his first year at Goffstown. But, yeah, um, there's always uh, night to night in D1. It's the toughest division always. And, uh, yeah, th- that is a tough stretch. And I'm looking forward to, as I mentioned earlier, um, I think last week on the show and in my column coming out tomorrow, uh, Friday night I'll be at Winnicott. finally get my first look at the Warriors. I can't believe it's taken until uh, to mid to late January. To see the team a half a mile down the road, my preseason number one, but Dover at Winnicunit. Um, and Jen Chick is worried. Uh, she, I was in the car with her for five hours yesterday. Poor Jen. So I woke up this morning terrified. I had a resignation letter or email <laughs> waiting for me in my inbox, sadly. Uh, I mean, luckily, she's, uh, she's still on board. But uh, she's a little worried that her adopted son, Tyvico, has forgotten about her. So uh, oh. hopefully, 
I'll we'll get, acknowledge her before the game. You play Reunited, and it feels like, was that Peaches and Herb? Reunited. I believe it was. It feels legendary Peaches good. and Herb, yeah. <laughs> play that for the, the intro music. All right, who's your second team up, Dave? All right, this is more of a projection, um, but they've started to play better, and I think they could cause some problems, and that is your Farmington Tigers. I, you know what? I almost I almost picked them yeah. last week, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think they're I'm not not because they beat Newt fifty to nine. I'm going to be writing about Newt today in the Thursday columns, and uh, uh, I have some real questions about Newt in a lot of different ways. But uh, uh, not that any of those kids I think even know who we are. But I am right. going to write about them today. But um, you know, I got to watch them play for a first half. We covered the girls' game, Farmington Hinsdale last Friday night. I watched the first half of the boys' game and. Uh, you know, Logan Ebear's good. Um, you know, if he kind of keep his emotions in check because he plays so hard and it helps him. You know, he hustles, he works his butt off, he can shoot it a little bit. Um, but they can kind of, you know, pull that thing together over there. I like the, the kind of frenetic style that Adam is running with those guys, like where they're pressuring in the half court. And I just think that their team, they got a win over Derryfield on the road, 42-35 on their resume. They battled Pittsfield at Pittsfield, lost 58-50. Uh, they beat Hinsdale, as I mentioned, and they beat up on Newt last night. Uh, they go at Conquer Christian Friday night, which I expect them to win. And then they uh, they go at Newmarket next week, and then a rematch at home against Derryfield. So um, they've got games on their schedule that are very winnable, and they've got games on their schedule that are kind of those measuring stick games. So uh, I think Farmington could be one of those kind of lower seed teams that could uh, – could give uh, teams a lot of trouble come March. Yeah, I'm almost more impressed with the loss at Epping than the the win at Derryfield, which yeah. is no shot at Derryfield, but yeah, just a, a one point loss to Epping. So yeah, and and I texted Adam, I think after that, uh, after the loss at Epping, I said, "Wait a minute, are you guys good?" He's like, "Well, it's the first time we've had all five on the floor and been able to practice for three straight days." So uh, yeah. I don't know, maybe who knows? <laughs> for people, for people that don't know, at Epping, they were at Epping, by the way, they yeah. were down forty two thirty nine. And had the ball out of bounds play with a chance to take a three. They couldn't find a guy at three, so they found a guy in, who took a two pointer, which is, I guess, the kid, I think the kid had uh, had 20 bucks uh, with getting two points, so he <laughs> covered the spread. Kidding, everyone, we're joking. Gambling's illegal and kids don't do it. Anyway, That's right. Um, but no, they, they lost by one point. So yeah, you're absolutely right. I think that was that and winning at Dairyfield uh, impressed me the most, beating Newt 50 to 9. Uh, isn't why I have them on this list, but I think Farmington could uh, could be frisky over there, the Tigers. So I, I think they could be tough second half of the year. Just got to keep everybody pointed in the right direction, which is always a right. challenge at Farmington. All right, my uh, my second team up. I'm going to uh, to D3, and I'm going to go with the Franklin Golden Tornadoes, Dave Haley. Oh, uh, three straight like wins. That's right, uh, including a win against Fall Mountain. They beat up Fall Mountain. Fall Mountain was five and yeah. four going into that game. What's uh so, I mean, they're going to find out what they're made of at White Mountains, at Mascoma coming up. But uh, three yeah. straight wins to get to 500 here. Franklin is big and Frank, very big. They're a big team, and they can shoot it. Uh, ben LaFrance is a really good shooter. Uh, TJ Laramie is a, is a beast. He's just a big, big, strong kid. We saw him in football season. Um, and Mike Donnell really likes what he's got over there. Um, they are, you know, they play a tough schedule. And, um, you know, they've been a little bit up and down as far as their results. But that's a team that um, if you get them in the tournament and they're coming in there, then that's a tough team to play. Ben LaFrance is averaging 19 points a game. T.J. Laramie, 16 and a half. As you mentioned, they just pounded Fall Mountain, 73-38. And if you look at their scores, they're consistently scoring in the 60s and 70s. I mean, they put up points. Um, 
And, you know, the last three games have all been kind of easy games that you would expect them to win at Newmarket. Uh, excuse me, at Newfound, Newport, and Fall Mountain. I respect them to win all three. Fall Mountain was a product of their schedule. Yeah. Uh, like you said, now they go at White Mountains and at Mascoma. By the way, when you see the highlights, because they just got posted, check out the White Mountains. First of all, great atmosphere for games. The court is really nice. I told Jen that before we got there. White Mountains, like, they redid the floor. It's really nice. Like, it's a nice high school gym. And they had a band going, and, oh, my God, the kid on drums was going – I thought it was Dave Grohl for half the game. I mean, he was smashing that drum. Jen and I could barely hear ourselves, but it was a really, really, I would say a packed house, pretty close to a packed house. There was a ton of people there from Littleton, a ton of people from White Mountain. If that kid's those nickname teams, is an animal, then I'll be disappointed. Yeah, those teams don't don't like each other, I don't think. Too much. Oh, nice. I mean, there wasn't any poor sportsmanship or any of that, and the kids were helping each other off the floor, but they didn't want to lose to each other, and Littleton got them at home, and White Mountain got them back last night and handled Littleton the first loss, so... Um, check out those highlights because I think people are kind of curious and can't understand why I love going to the North Country. Well, check out those highlights, and I, you know, it was it was a lot of fun last night. But yeah, Franklin's going to be tested soon, and then they got Winnesquam. Kind of want to do a Franklin Winnesquam basketball game. I think that would be a lot of fun. I like those Winnesquam kids. There you go. Did um, I ever tell you my? By the way, you mentioned White Mountains. Did I tell you ever tell you my White Mountain story when I went to the gym one time? I've been to that gym is once. Is this a wrestling story? No, it's not a wrestling story. So when I was uh, working for uh, WTSN, uh, which we uh, which we affectionately called WNBC yeah, for assorted reasons. So uh, we had we were going to do uh, the Summersworth girls were like the five seed, right? And they were they were there. We had them projected to win their first round playoff game, and then we had a sponsor in place or something to go. They would have to travel to the four seed White Mountains for their second playoff game. But we had to make sure all the stuff worked way up in the North Country, all my broadcast equipment. So I drove up there. I was getting paid for it. You know, I was on salary. So I drove all the way up there, tested my equipment for 10 minutes, drove all the way back down, and the five-seeded Summersworth girls lost to the 12-seed in the first round. So <laughs> it was all no. for- <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I did not know that story. I oh, can't believe God, I've never exactly. told you this. It was great. Oh, uh, you got to you got to say the weather every twenty minutes and the call letters all the time at WNBC. No, I did it four so, times every fifteen minutes, not three, four. When you when you write your book, that will be a fun chapter. That will be three fun chapters. Let's go, yeah. let's go talk to Mister Imus. I think he knows how to say it right. But uh, oh, for crying out loud, yeah, <laughs> so, king. So yeah, no, no. Governor uh, Gary Janess was in the house last night uh, with Kevin Trask on the game, so it was a lot of fun up away mountains. Nice. All right, who is your third team up, Dave Haley? The defending champion, Summersworth Hilltoppers. There we go. I, I just think they're they're kind of getting something going here. Rob Fossey is uh, all but coming over to my home and in sub-zero weather throwing <laughs> buckets of ice on me, trying to get me <laughs> off the scent of the defending chips. He keeps telling me that they're not going to be able to beat anyone in March. We're too young. We haven't proven it. I'm like, okay. And really their schedule has eased up. I mean, but they did beat up on Guilford, which a lot of people are doing now. Uh, they, <laughs> they won at Winnesquam by 19, and Winnesquam's a pretty good team. Um, that's, not a, that's not a bad basketball team over there in Winnesquam. Um, and uh, I think I just get the sense that they're playing a lot better. They got a big game Friday night, which will be in staff picks uh, at Hopkinson. Uh, yeah. I'll be previewing that one in the Thursday column. So I'm very interested to see how they do, but – um, I wrote about them in today's uh, mid-season snapshot for Division Three. Uh, Evan Gray, we know what we're getting from that kid. Um, but if they can get a couple of kids who can knock down shots, they got the shooters. They've just been inconsistent shooters. But if they get perimeter help to kind of space out the offense, then you know their pressure defense that they dial up. By the time they get to March, they really are in tune with where they need to be pressure-wise and how to. How to kind of exploit teams? So I, I think Summersworth's going to be a team, uh, on, you know, moving up 
uh, and, and being a Final Four-worthy team the second half of the year. And you know what? They're going to know how good they are by the time they get to the playoffs because they're the back half of their schedule is at Hopkinton. Uh, then they have Prospect Mountain at home. But then they have Conan at home, at Belmont, Campbell at home. They got to go to St. Thomas, who they lost to earlier in the season. So they are going to be battle tested by the time the playoffs roll around. I, I, love, I say it every week. I love the Division Three schedule. I love the schedule over there, and uh, it, I think it's terrific. This is what I want. I complain about schedules only when good teams that are near each other don't play one another, and everybody's playing one another in Division Three this year. And uh, I've had two different coaches kind of offhandedly say, "Oh, my schedule's brutal this year," and I said, "No, no, everyone's playing the same schedule this year. Yeah, Great. like yours isn't brutal." It's the same as everybody else's. So um, it's a really good schedule uh, all the way across the board, and you're absolutely right about that. What did you think of the D3 recap? Were you uh, Anything stick out to you for what I wrote for the midseason? I think Jim Silly is already planning the, the party for his uh, midseason coach of the year award. That's what that's what He called him sick from work today, yeah. <laughs> he's, I called him. I, 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 he texted me, and I said, uh, I gave Jay Dara a day before the, uh, the midseason coach of the year, and he promptly went out and lost the piece. So I wouldn't get too happy. Right. This is uh, for new readers of the website, or and this was a while ago. So even people who've read for a while and may not know this, there is a little bit of a uh, a jinx with the midseason coach of the year. Famously, Mark Collins, when Corey Gadwa and those guys were all eighth graders, won midseason coach of the year and promptly lost eight games in a row, yeah. and then said very politely to me, "Do not ever give me midseason coach of the year ever again." <laughs> and then one year at Franklin, Rich Otis won it and then lost five of the next six games. So. It's been known to be uh, the kiss of death. So uh, my thoughts and prayers to the Belmont Red Raiders. <laughs> there, there you go. So uh, well, maybe maybe not the award you, you quite want to win, but uh, there you have it. All right, I, I need to pick a fourth team up, uh, or a third team up, I should say, in our three up, three down. And I'm going to go with the the Groveton Eagles, Dave Haley. Oh. Five in a row after losing uh, back-to-back games uh, at Colebrook and at White Mountains. And uh, you said Mark Collins, and uh, they have a huge one coming up Friday. They are at Littleton, and then they have a rematch yeah. with White Mountain. So that's uh, that's, that's going to be an interesting one for the Eagles. Yeah, I'll tell you, Matt St. Cyr, sophomore, he's playing a lot better for those guys. He had 16 points the other night. Uh, he has played much better. Um, yeah, they won again last night, as you mentioned. And, uh, you know, Josh Wheelock and Gavin Simpson are both averaging about 10 rebounds or plus a game each uh, down low. So Groveton is starting to really control the glass. That's what White Mountain did last night against Littleton. And if you can do that, you can win a lot of basketball games. So I think Groveton has a good – this is a good time for them to play Littleton. I certainly think Littleton at home is going to be very difficult to beat, especially Littleton coming off their first loss of the year. But um, I think Groveton's going to be uh, – Groveton, it's a good time for them to, to face those guys. they got to play White Mountains again. they got to play Littleton twice. So they may – lose three more times, Yep. Uh, but if they can win every other game, which means winning uh, against Colebrook when I'm there in two weeks uh, with uh, two, not one, two Division Four coaches calling the game with me, Sam Natty of America's team and Adam Thurston of the Farmington Tigers My goodness. Will, be, will be calling the game with me, um, then uh, if they can win those games and win out, they'll end up 12-6. and six. I think that will get them right there in that uh, – uh, probably right around that six, seven seed, something like that. Three I, I careers they, coming to an end that day. That's fantastic. <laughs> not mine. I'll just bail <laughs> from those guys as quickly as possible. So Adam Thurston is going to Groveton with me. Uh, I'm not positive he's coming home from Groveton with me, but uh, he will be going to Groveton with me. I believe me. all I his arrangements are in order, so that's good. Yeah, that's right. His affairs should be certainly in order. All right, time to go, uh, time to go three down, and uh, I'll let you lead off David Haley. The Bishop Gettin Cup. Oh, no. 
I hate to do it, but I think it's it's just kind of staring me in the face. I'm surprised, you know, that win over Concord. First of all, let's look at them how they began their season, okay? Because this is why we do this podcast, so you can kind of stop and kind of have us look back for you. They lost at Bedford 53-50. Then they lost to Lenendary at home 54-52. And then they lost to Alvern at home 40-38. So for you math majors out there, and certainly I'm not one of them, seven points, three losses by seven points total. Yeah. Um, they beat Concord at Concord, which was a really good win. They beat Goffstown up pretty good at home by 21. They lost at Keene on like a weird Monday night in Keene, which is just like a scheduling nightmare where right. you know you ask your athletic director if he's trying to fire you or not. They beat <laughs> up on Pinkerton 73-37, which sadly everybody's doing with Pinkerton these days. And and then last night was Spalding. So whatever the reasons, whatever the you know whatever surrounded the game's circumstances. They're three and five, and I'm very surprised that BG is three and five. They just, I don't know, they uh, haven't kind of found that one kind of go-to guy scorer. They don't know if they, I don't see that they've got like a core of three guys who are just sort of like dependable night to night to night. I just still feel like Matt Regan, who's a very very good coach, is kind of mixing and matching and trying to find. I don't know. You saw him last night. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it was. I mean. It seems like they should have, you know, uh, I don't know. It was it, it it was a weird game last night. You know, they got to travel all the way to Rochester. It was a five o'clock start because they, uh, you know, they uh, yeah. with the girls in D two, they've been playing. They've had a couple double headers, so they're trying to make it so that the girls get to play the the last one a couple times too. So it's fair, which I'm I'm in support of. But you got to travel sure. all that way from Nashua. You get off the bus, and then it's five o'clock. You're usually just getting your pregame snack, and here you are, the starting lineups. There's barely anybody in the crowds. People are trickling in for the whole game. Uh, so it was a weird dynamic, but still, it was like a five-point game at halftime. And then I think they're they're in the third quarter. Their defensive rotations just lapsed, like they were doubling down on Ari Brakefield, and he was making the right pass. And as we said, Spalding didn't miss a shot in the third quarter. So you allow a team to go fourteen for fourteen in a quarter, you're not going to win a whole lot of those games, Dave Haley. I don't know if you ever watched basketball, but that's generally the case. But Austin has but it does sound like that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Austin Hisco didn't score last night, but I mean, they, you know, the Baker kid I liked. He, he, you know, they're, they're big. They, they seem to be able to shoot. I don't know. Is it just that they're young? They're not. You know, they're not putting it together on the floor. I'm not. I'm not I can't identify what what the issue might be. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. Is I think he's still mixing and matching, trying to figure out who he can depend on night to night and what the best combinations are. So they got to figure that out pretty quickly because uh, I think it's a very deep division, and uh, I think it's going to be hard to get a decent seed in that tournament if if, if, if it takes until February to figure things out. So Yeah, if they put it together, though, I mean, it seems like they got the talent to, uh, to, sure. to ruin someone's season in the first round. So, And I would think they have the size to not have to double Ari Breakfield, but, you know. Listen, when, Regan when, has forgotten more about coaching than I know, so I'm not going to, you know, I mean, I'm just saying, like, off the top of my head, they've got a lot of size. I wouldn't think they would have to double Ari When you're a generational but. talent like Ari Breakfield, Dave, he he doesn't he doesn't suggest a double team. Nay, he demands a double team. So <laughs> I walked into that one. That's true. All right, my first team down, I'm going to go with the, uh, a little bit of an asterisk here, but uh, the Manchester Central Little Green, they've lost three straight. Now, granted, they had to play Winnicott at Portsmouth and Exeter, and they were in a couple of those games, but they're sitting right now at 3-5, and five, and, and uh, possibility with their, their schedule remaining, they could miss out on the playoffs. Yeah, I'm going to be writing about Central. Um, I think Central's going to be a tough out come March. Um, they're hard to scout for because 
Judy doesn't really run anything. They and I don't mean that in a negative way. Like he lets them play, and it, it, it causes it creates two things. It creates uh, a lot of turnovers for them. They turn the ball over a lot. Central does, but also it creates creates a lot of problems for the team scouting you because they don't know what you're going to run. And so if you're a team that likes to really scout and kind of have be very prepared about what teams run, Concord's like this, Portsmouth's like that, then Central's a tough matchup. And that's who Central plays on Friday night is Concord. Because they don't really, they're hard to prepare for. They play very hard. They have talent. They have good players. And they're playing very hard for Sudi, you know. And Absolutely, so, yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're, they're kind of a, I think they're going to be a tough team in March. And um, they're very uh, kind of unique in how they game plan and, is how they kind of freelance offensively. And some of the best offenses that you see out there are very just like freelance offenses, you know, whether it be in college or so forth. It's a system offense. And uh, and so they're, they're hard to prepare for. So I, I think Central's going to be a tough outcome March. All right. All right. I hear you. your, your central homerism coming back strong there. I'm sorry. I know. It never I goes d- away. I don't no. want a Benny the Bear situation to break out, so let me apologize right now. No, you be, I was going to say, I think you should be very, very careful about who you three down on this week. I hope you took a lot of time because – that turned on you very quickly and very dramatically last week. I thought Bears were supposed to hibernate in the winter. This is ridiculous. Not when you piss them off, they don't. <sighs> I, I, when they you wake run. right up. And Benny the Bear, yeah. <laughs> hey, absolutely. Like I was he I heard now this is a rumor that Benny the Bear got your personal cell phone number and was sending you YouTube clips from the, the Revenant and the scene the and that scene. And just simply that scene. Yeah, I don't want to. Conf- I don't want to confirm or deny anything that might be, uh, you know, in litigation at this moment. But uh, yeah, it may be true. Maybe. I don't know if you can get a restraining order against a bear or a kid oh. in a costume. We're gonna find out. I'm aren't sure we? if there was one to be done, you would be the first to do it. So. <laughs> All right. Who is your second team? This is the only podcast, by the way, where week to week we can talk about uh, fictional bears attacking people and mean it. Go ahead. <laughs> I think people knew what they were in for when they clicked. Um, so this is sort of like my next two downs are, uh, uh, with a soft pillow landing downs. Um, Merrimack Valley is my next down. Um, they lost to Pembroke in a game that we covered on the 15th by 17 points home to Pembroke. Uh, then they went at Lebanon and lost by 14. So neither of those are bad losses, but they got, this is their schedule. Okay. They got Hanover on Friday night, which is a really fun game, uh, at home. That's an interesting game. We're going to be writing about this one. I don't want to kind of like spoil my whole Thursday column. I want people to read it. But Hanover's going to shoot threes over that zone, and, and Merrimack Valley will sit in that zone. I don't mean sit. They're very active, and they mix it up, and Tim Mucha does a terrific job. But they're not going to come out and play man on them. So I'm interested to see how Hanover does against that zone. Then they play Bo at home, who is the best 2-16 in the state of New Hampshire. It's not even close. Bo is like a kind of a hard luck 2-6, and six, and I think they're, they're getting better by the week. Then they go at Milford, at Bishop Brady. So um, that's a tough stretch, and mm. they've been very good early on, but I think we're going to find out, you know, because a lot of times every every single season, I should say, there are teams that are 6-2, and two, and you're like, oh, wow, they're 6-2, and two. and then at the end of the season they're 11-7, and 10-8 because the schedule sort of kind of wrapped back around for them. So they beat Bishop Brady earlier this season. They won at Bo. Um, they beat Kirasaj. They've got good wins on the resume. But these next four games, Hanover and Bow at home at Milford at Bishop Brady are going to be uh, tough ones. And so uh, I think it's a big challenge for, for, for Merrimack Valley in the next two weeks. Yeah, they struggled to score their last couple of games, just not, not getting out of the 30s. So. 64, 66 points, yeah, in two games combined. Yeah, and, and even the games they were winning, you know, look at these scores, 46-39, 52-45, which is fine. 
you can kind of be, be a team with a defensive identity. I'm imploring and begging my Guilford Golden Eagles to be that kind of team. <laughs> but um, but you gotta you know you're playing against Hanover and Bishop Brady in particular, two teams that love to put points on the board. They, they, they'll be happy to beat you 77-71. So, um, so just an interesting stretch for Envy. So a very soft down. All right, my uh, my second team down. I'm gonna have to go with the Sunapee Lakers here, Dave Haley. Uh, That's my third team now. Oh, well, we can share it then. There you go. It's uh, lost two straight. Uh, lost to Newmarket. No shame in that. Lost to Groveton. Uh, but now they've got Dairyfield staring in the face. They could be looking at three straight losses here. And uh, I, I think you might have said this early on, maybe a product of their schedule getting out to that undefeated record early in the season. Yeah, Rob Bradley, uh, my, my, my good friend over at Dairyfield, cannot be happy that he's playing Epping and Sunapee on back-to-back night. So they moved that game up a night because Sunapee has something going on, and I don't think Rob was too happy that he had to play those two games back-to-back. So um, that's going to be a challenge for Dairyfield. Um, Sunapee kind of had an easier game um, coming in. But, yeah, Sunapee is just sort of um, – where are they? Are they – I think they're a top eight team, but are they a top five team? I think there's a big difference between the two things. And right now they're looking like they're a top eight team. Um, the Groveton game, they're right there, but Groveton really handled them the second half. Doesn't, doesn't surprise me. They got beat up by, by Newmarket. Again, Newmarket and Littleton are just better than everybody else in that division um, by a pretty good margin. But, yeah, I agree with you there. I just think Sunapee is a lot like Merrimack Valley. Like They can prove us wrong. And I'm not saying they're going to lose these games. I'm just saying – They've, you know, once they've faced the tougher teams in the division, um, they've started to falter. The other thing, too, is Sunapee, with these teams in D4 that play D3 teams, you can really, really benefit from that, and it could really, really hurt you. Like, right. the perfect example is Colebrook. Colebrook was beating White Mountains when they were way down twice a year and get, gobbling up all those points. Now they play White Mountains twice a year, and they have absolutely no shot to win either game, so they're hurt by it. So I mean, it kind of goes both ways. Sunapee, you know, Newport is one of the worst teams in Division Three, and Sunapee beat them by two, so they get to get those extra points now when they play Newport. So come the end of the year, they're going to be a couple of spots ahead of maybe where they should be, just because they're going to have those extra D three points. All right. Uh, so well, that was going to be your third team down. So we'll, we'll skip. Yeah. We'll fast forward to my third team down, which. Uh, close your ears, Dave Haley. It's the Trinity Pioneers. I'm sorry. I had him as one of my teams up early in the season. They've dropped two straight. They could be looking at a third loss in a row, maybe a fourth with at Exeter and home for Portsmouth coming up for Jim Mignot's team. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't think we know. I mean, they, they battled Salem um, and, you know, played them pretty tough last Friday night. Um, I, I just think they kind of are what they are. Um, they had Will Spencer last year, and he, he, he went over to Bishop Brady. I think he was a kid who would have really helped them scoring-wise. Um, Bowles has been really, really good in the middle for them. Foster Stacy, they're a big team. Um, they probably can't play the exact style that Jim McNaught wants to play. Jim McNaught has had big size before and made it work for him. But, like, they're kind of a team that wants their athletes out in space and, and pressing and trapping and, and, and really dialing up the pace of the game. And I'm not sure Trini has the personnel this year for it. So, um yeah, I think Trinity's just sort of one of those teams. They've been down the last few years, uh, you know, which sounds crazy because the first 10 years, eight years of our website, you know, I, I think at one point you uh, you referred to us <laughs> as the Trinity Basketball Network. That's uh, right. Because we were covering them. Every few, by the way, we've become the Spalding Basketball Network because of you, so settle down. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, funny how things come around. <laughs> but um, I think Trinity, you know, is 
sort of one of those just try to get into the tournament and maybe, you know, scare somebody in the first round kind of team. I care about where I thought they were going to be. All right, yeah, so in uh... – Somebody's waving to me through the glass. I get distracted. So, uh, yeah, so Exeter, Portsmouth coming up, and Alvern. You think they're a tournament team? What do you think? Can they, can they sneak in there? Who, Trini? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I absolutely do. Yeah, I All do. Right. I, I mean, Alvern's got to prove that they're a tournament team at this point. They've been the surprise team of Division One in, in, in the worst way. But, um, yeah, Trinity is definitely a team I think can, can be in the tournament. And, uh yeah, I, I just think they're just sort of are what they are. I think they have some limitations, and uh, they need to do a lot of things right to to win. Um, so before we go, uh, Patriots, real quick, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, it's that what a roller coaster of a game that was. I mean, how many different times in the fourth quarter? You know, we were on a, a big group text. Well, did you think it was? Were you having a stroke, a heart attack? Uh, like seventeen different reviews. It was. It was really. It was. It was almost Shakespearean in the way. You know. Oh, Brady's throwing the interception through the guy's hands at the end of the game. No, there's a flag down. A guy lined up three yards offside somehow. Uh, it, it, it was pretty wild. And uh, listen, I think I think they match up all right with the Rams. I do. I think they're going to win. I, I I think they're going to win. I I. I th- it, it was one of my favorite, absolute favorite. It's it's really just it's obnoxious to say you know you know one of my top thirty playoff wins, uh, but it's, it's <laughs> like it was one of my you know three or four. Say nothing's ever going to be beating the Rams because you're just like oh my god the New England Patriots who went one in fifteen my senior year of high school look it up um, won a Super Bowl. It, it, but this was. Do you ever watch the show America's Game on the NFL oh, yeah. Network? The 1980 or 19, uh, I think it was 79. They won it on January 1980. The Steelers, who coincidentally beat the Rams, if you if you go back and watch that America's game with Bradshaw, it was Bradshaw, Stallworth, all those guys. But they and Franco Harris, but they were like older, right? Kind of to the end, they barely beat Hugh. Like they struck, you know, that horror, the Renfro touchdown by Houston got taken away. They kind of gutted it out. They got to the Super Bowl. The Rams were beating them the whole game. And they kind of gutted it out. Bradshaw threw a couple bombs late. Like, that team won it. And then I don't even think they made the playoffs the next year, which I'm not saying the Patriots aren't going to make the playoffs next year. But it feels a lot like that, doesn't it? Like, this is the end. Yeah, it's like one last. It's sort of like one one last day in the sun and, you know, one last run at it. And uh, it absolutely feels like that. I mean, Adelman, I mean, he's just been, I mean, Beaten up, he's given his body to this organization, and the hits that guy takes. And you know Gronk, you know coming up with the huge plays at the end and blocking on the edge, and Brady just being Brady. Yeah, but it, it, it's just you know what I mean. It just feels almost like nostalgic, like in the moment. Like I can't. And and, and they're beating a team in Kansas City that it wouldn't shock you if Kansas City's in five of the next seven AFC Championship games, right? You know ex- what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And I, and I think Tom Brady's body language kind of told the tale. Like he was, you know. From the from the opening drive, uh, when he was you know uh, p- you know fist pumping the air so yeah. so hard it caused the sonic boom to the end where he was just like a little kid. I mean, I think he knows you know and, and he's probably going to play a few more years, but this might be the last you know real run at a Super Bowl. There's a great story uh, in the Sports Century, Larry Bird about that they're playing the college players called the Olympic team, NBA All Stars, and. Michael Jordan, remember that story? Michael Jordan was shooting and a ball like went down to the NBA player's side and it rolled right to Larry Bird. And Jordan walked up to Bird, put his hands out, and Bird fired it over his head back to the other side of the court. <laughs> yes. And like Curry Kirkpatrick talked about it, he said he knew exactly who this guy was. He knew who Jordan was. He knew what was coming. 
I think Brady talking to Mahomes after the game was his way of like, listen, I I know this thing's getting handed over to him. Like he's the guy who's going to take over from here. And but this that's why I was just so proud of that team. And I just I can't even believe it. I mean, I, it, they're just a completely different team than they were, you know, five weeks, weeks ago. Five yeah. Weeks ago. Exactly. No, it's. Uh, I do think they're going to beat the Rams. I think it's a good matchup. I'm not going to kill them or anything, but I think it's a really good matchup against the Rams. I mean, McVay and those guys, first time, and oh my god! I mean, the Patriots are there every year, and it's like Portsmouth going to Durham. They just they know what to expect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if Portsmouth got knocked in the quarters uh, this year, I fear that Alex Tavares would just show up in a sweatsuit at Durham and just start stretching. Right? No, no, no. You guys didn't win. (laughs) He doesn't know any other way. What? This is what I do. so I go get Cal Hewitt and tell him to stop changing, like you know. So exactly. Um, yeah, no, it was uh, it was pretty awesome and uh, just unbelievable. I'm I'm excited about two weeks from now. All right, where are you going to be uh, Friday? Dover at Winnicott. There we go. And I'm, I'm, Dover at Winnicott. So um, I can't remember the other game we're doing. I think uh, Lance Lazier is doing a game first Friday night. Off the top of my head, I can't even remember. So. Cage oh, Heat. We're doing a new market game. Gotta love Cage Sheet taking over D four D four dominance there from Cage Sheet. Who better? He, who better? He's going to be taking over staff text. I went eight and two last week when he got into this thing, so that's like my way. He's the best uh, of my Tom Brady. You look at him no, say, not, really. "Not yet, not yet, young lion, not yet." That's not yet. <laughs> All right, well, uh, we'll uh, we'll see you at the games. Dave will have his Thursday thoughts tomorrow. I'll have my uh, my top ten on Monday, and yeah, look for coverage of those two games. Sometimes Saturday morning, and of course, Dave's radio show on uh, WFEA 99.9. Is that what it is? Yeah, 99.9. There you go. 70 a.m. I ran that by myself last week and almost screwed up 15 different ways. It was a lot of fun. Oh, I meant to tell you, you did a good job hosting because that's not easy for people that haven't like had to like sit in a big chair and host host. You did a good job. Thank you. At, at one point, I hit the table and Jeff Edwards, uh, <laughs> our producer, really nice guy, kind of admonished me during the uh, commercial break. And Nick Facette and I, uh, our Appian head coach, who, who did a great job of the show, we looked at each other, just started giggling at each other, like when you're in fourth grade and the teacher tells you, I'm not going to tell you one more time to shut up and you just can't <laughs> stop laughing. Yeah, so that just never goes away. You know, I'm in my 40s. I'm still doing stuff like that. I mean, it is what it is. All right, buddy. So uh, there you go. There you have the table set, and we'll uh, we'll see you next week with another three up, three down.